You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Independent Waters. I am your host, Maggie Manfredi, and joining me, as always, from a gated community inside a gated community inside a gated community is Zach <laughs> Batista. Zach, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. It's fucking hot. <laughs> it is fucking hot. I, <sighs> shout, shout out to anyone listening in uh, the UK also, because I'm sure it's a fucking scorcher over there. It's a fucking heat wave, keep man. That, keep that AC running. Stay hydrated. Don't go outside. The sun is evil. I fucking ran it in this morning, and I, it was 80 degrees and at fucking 8 a.m., and I was like, fucking Jesus. I was like, what the hell? Apparently, it's getting to, like, 40 Celsius over in England, and I don't know how much that is in Fahrenheit, but because I'm, I'm from America and a doofus, but let me check. All I know is I saw a video of some people in Spain on a train, and there was just wildfires around there. 104! Yeah. 100, it's, it's getting, it's getting it, up there. It's getting bad. It's like it was. It was like high thirties in in the UK, and that's why. <sighs> yeah, you know, who knows? Maybe, 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 maybe one day globally we'll all tackle climate change and stop it. Yeah, I I hope so, man, because it's 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 been ridiculous, and it's getting and like it's getting it's just getting worse instead of mm-hmm. better. And I just hope there. I hope there's a turnaround point somewhere because yeah. we fucking need it. Holy crap! Yeah, uh, I was. Jokingly, the only the only benefit of living in New Jersey about the weather in New Jersey is that you're just used to it being fucking extremes just randomly. Yeah. Just get hit randomly with cold. In the middle of the summer, it'll just fucking pour rain on you or just be freezing cold. And the next day, it'll be humid and hot. And, you're just and then like, it's October and it's snowing and you're like, great. Yeah, cool. yeah it literally, like, that's the only upside of being... <laughs> One of the main upsides of being in New Jersey, besides the fact that it's weather is ass, it prepares you for ass weather. Yeah. Like, uh... What a bummer, Anywho. really. A little bit of a bummer, but let's let's get into some matches that'll hopefully raise the mood. Yes, uh, the first match we are going to be talking about today is Chris Brooks versus Saki Akai from DDT. Zach, what did you think about this one? I really like this match. Uh, for the first match I got to see of Chris Brooks, I was very impressed. And Saki Akai, also impressed with her. Fun fact, I I watched this match, and I'm like, why does this name sound familiar to me? And I looked it up. She's in fucking Yakuza 0. Really? Yeah. Huh. Because Yakuza 0 has a bunch of, like, New Japan pro wrestling references and stuff into it, because like, they do stuff like that. And I was, like, looking, and I was like, oh, you're one of the fucking hostesses you can purchase for the game for your uh, when you're running the cabaret. Hmm. So, yeah, just a fun fact there. That's very interesting. I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yeah, Yakuza 0 is a dope game. Mm-hmm. Anywho, somehow, when I picked this match last week also, I did not mention that this was a double title match. 
A double title match, yeah. I blame Google Translates to cut off the part where it said title match in it. Fair enough. And uh, all the commentaries in Japanese. Yeah, and what I know, I like, I know one of the titles that was on the line was the DDT Iron Heavy Metalweight Championship because I recognized it from its from what the belt looks like. Fucking love this belt. <laughs> it's just a big silver belt with like brass knuckles on it, and it's just really good. Mm-hmm. And then we also had it for the DDT Extreme Class Championship. If Google Translate has not run me afoul. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Starting out this match, uh, we get into a nice grapple-off in which the two kind of go back and forth trying to basically maintain control of this match. They then get separated while they go on the ropes, and then they each try to run the ropes, countering each other until Saki takes Chris off his feet with a tilt-a-whirl arm drag. Mm-hmm. Despite this, however, qu- Chris quickly gets back up to his feet, boots her in the gut, throws her out of the ring. Yeah. And then out here we get a an interesting exchange because both these two have very long legs, so we basically just get a kickoff where they're just booting each other in the face back and forth on the outside, which I I liked quite a bit because it's a nice uh slight mix up from the usual chop off slash form off that you usually get. Yep. Um, this comes to a close though after Chris tries to pick Saki up and throw her into the ring post, like he tries to like lawn daughter into it, but she kind of gets back over his shoulder and pushes him into it. And he hits his shoulder first. And what I, me and Mikey have not mentioned is that Chris came to this match with like a sling wrapped around his left shoulder. And evidently this was a an injury, not just a fashion sense, because he, it, it, getting thrown into a ring post is already going to hurt. This one he sold it a lot more. Like it really fucking hurt him. Mm-hmm. And Saki took full advantage of this. She just kept kicking him in the chest, like aimed like just slightly above until like his left pec into this injured shoulder. Uh, she gets a couple good kicks in here uh, as he's slowly getting up off the ground. And in retaliation, he twists her arm and just throws her shoulder and face first into the mat and floor. Like, just this hard, I think it was a gym floor. Yeah, something. It, it was it was, it was rough Look, looking. To nasty just, as hell. Just slam, just slam her straight into the ground. And, uh, yeah... With that, we get to the motif of this match, which is uh, it's a sh- it's basically a battle of whose shoulder is going to give out first because they both basically just target the other one's shoulder the whole match. Mm-hmm. So he chucks her back into the ring, drop kicks her in the chest, works on the le- shoulder again by getting like a hammerlock armbar. Uh, valiantly, after she gets a rope break here, Saki starts to fight back with some forms to the face, but when she goes to suplex Chris, Chris blocks it and spin kicks her in the gut. And while it seems like he's regained control here momentarily, Saki does not stop fighting back. And once again, they go back and forth with many forms of offense. They exchange big boots to the face. Saki counters a suplex with one, his suplex with one of his own, her own. She then throws him onto the apron and kicks him off with a boot to the jaw. And as he gets up, she knocks him back down by punt kicking him from the apron. Uh, she then rolls him back into the ring and goes back to kicking him in like that upper chest area like I mentioned before. But this time it's much more effective as these two have put each other through a bit more of uh, the ringer here, so to mm-hmm. say. So much so that she's actually able to pick him up in the suplex position and drop him face first onto the mat and then follow that up with this kind of cool looking like double knees to the chest spot here. It was kind of like a Meteora, but not so at the same time. I liked it. Yeah, it was solid. It was cool. Uh, the, Def- the the double knees was definitely a creative, a creative way to do it. Yeah. At this point, Chris is desperate to stop her, so he grabs her by the nose, which actually stops her. <laughs> hey, this is the, listen, this is if somebody grabbed here. me by the nose, it would stop me in my tracks, that's yeah. for sure. I'd just be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it was very out of out of nowhere, but entertaining, because, like, he's grabbing her by her nose, and she's, like, kind of, like, doing, like, really, she's, like, jumping up and down on her feet, like, stop, 
get your head, like, just like, ah, it hurts. Stop, 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 stop. And he tries to chop her as she's, like, kind of, like, tippy-tapping on the ground. And he swings Like an, like and... an excited dog. Just... Yes. And then he swings and misses. And in a very smooth maneuver, as she ducks this chop, she sweeps out his legs underneath him. And then it lets her running boot him in the face again. Which was so sick. It was very smooth. Even though she does hop on his back and then she tries to keep him down again with like a sleep this time with a sleeper hold. Chris is just too strong or too large because he's able to slam her back first into the turnbuckle, force her to let go. Credit to her, she does try to get back in by crossbodying him off the top rope, but instead he catches her and slams her with a Michinoku driver. Yeah. Yeah, that was this was a uh, oof. Powerful Michinoku driver, and then when she gets she kicks out of this. He immediately ties her up in this disgustingly awful looking hold that I would describe as like a cradle rings of Saturn. Mm -hmm. Where like he just wraps her up worse than an octopus would to a normal person. It it looked fucking painful. And thankfully for her, she's able to get herself into the ropes. And now Chris at this point is went from frustrated to pissed off. And he just starts to... Makes very, sense. Very aggressively hit her with those mocking strikes that Mikey and I always make fun of every time it happens. Never do it. Never do it. Except, I mean, the buildup for this is a lot more than it usually is. Because normally this face immediately like gets like, ah, how dare you hit me. But this time he's like, he's just kicking her in the face, pushing his boot right into her jaw. Like, he's just absolutely disrespecting the fuck out of her. Mm-hmm. And then he turns around and walks to the side of the ring to gloat to no one, by the way, because this is during the pandemic from the looks of it. So there's no fucking crowd, or it's just Japanese regulation. Yep. So he's gloating to just himself. And she tur- he turns around and she slaps and to the camera several times. So he... <laughs> Listen, sometimes, sometimes all you gotta do is... Was it a slap or did she just, like, straight hit him, punch him in the face? Wasn't there a point Almost. where she just, like, went bop? It's right <laughs> after this. Because he stomp, he kicks her back in the chest and stomps her back to the bottom of the corner. And instead of staying down, and I think this is where he's actually like, <laughs> this is the point where he actually starts mocking to no one. She gets up, just casually walks up to him, and he turns around and she just clocks she him just with just several <laughs> close fists to the face. She just fucking walks up to him, turns him around, and just fucking is, like, hits him with a right. Just whap. <laughs> just <laughs> over like, and over. Jab. Not even a smack, like you said. It was like you said. It was just a straight closed fit. Like he just walked up to it. It was a straight closed fist shot. And Brooks was reeling. He went back to the corner, and she just starts to like. It's like a switch flip, and she suddenly starts ramming her boot into his face. I was like, oh damn, he pissed her off. Yeah, something happened in Akai where she was just like, all right, fuck this. Like, and then I love how dirty we're done the playing. Ref, the ref is desperately trying to separate them because she's on his ass. He finally separates them. He's talking to her like a. Don't do that again. And Chris walks up to get a cheap shot in, and she just casually, <laughs> mid-conversation, just roundhouse kicks him in the head so hard he folds like a lawn chair and just falls backwards, nearly knocked out. Don't you try to interrupt. I'm talking to the ref. What and the we... ref's like, yo! What the fuck? It was fuck? so funny. It was so... The ref was like, you need to chill out. <laughs> and Brooks was like, can we continue this match, please? And Akai was like, no. Just knocks him down. He gets up, woozy though at this point, gets onto one knee, gets running kicked in the face again. She just keeps at this point, just ruthlessly, she keeps just picking him up and kneeing him in the face over and over again. Until she goes for something I've never seen before. 
kind of. It's like this weird move where she goes, looks like she's going to go for an octopus hold. But instead of leaning forward, she leans backwards. And like a pendulum, it just kind of swung Chris backwards. So he slammed into the mat back first. Mm. I wasn't sure if that was a botch or just a move that I've never seen. I'm going to go with a move I've never seen of before because there are plenty of them in this match. Sounds about right. So she gets behind him then, pulls his arms back, sticks both her feet into the back of his head and just yanks his arms back in this modified surfboard hold. And uh, I really liked how whenever Chris started to like get to the ropes here, she just kind of barrel rolled him back into the ring. We've seen a lot of rolling spots in wrestling, but never one from like this a surfboard hold where they keep the hold in. It's nice. Yeah. Nice little uh, detail here. Nice little showing off of how good they are, like, technically, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked how, um, actually, speaking of which, eventually she turns this into a pin that Chris kicks out of. Mm-hmm. And she goes for her finisher, which is called Quetzalcoatl. <laughs> By the way, all the finisher moves in this match, 10 out of 10 names. I love them. Yeah. You'll hear Chris is in a second. Uh, you'll hear also hear what Quetzalcoatl is in a second, because he blocks this, so she doesn't actually get it. And then he... <laughs> He drives her headfirst into the mat with a brain buster that doesn't finish her off. So he goes for his finisher called the Praying Mantis Bomb. Incredible. But again, but that's countered uh, when Saki turns it into a Frankensteiner because basically this move is a double underhook pile driver except she used the momentum to just spike him headfirst to the mat with his Frankensteiner. Yeah, it's kind of like a tiger driver, but like a DDT, right? It's like, mm-hmm. a, it's like a, a tiger driver and like a like an, a classic old school like pile driver got mixed up. Yeah, pretty much they had a kid and then <laughs> this is it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so not one to let this opportunity pass with Chris now basically <laughs> dying from this. She finally hits him with her finisher Quetzalcoatl, which is get ready for this, Mikey. It's a fucking mouthful. An arm trap abdominal stretch crucifix bomb. That was so many things you just said. I know. I looked this up on her wiki page to see what this was because I was like, I don't know how to describe that. And I saw that and I'm like, her crucifix driver. My bad. That was, listen, it was a mouthful, but fuck, it looks cool. (laughs) Oh, it looks so fucking cool. It's such a cool and effective move, in fact, that Chris is literally just dead. He's dead weight, and she's, like, desperately trying to push him over, and he... She, she went for the crucifix pin, but the problem was she had too much momentum on it, and Chris just ended up rolling on his stomach. And whether she's just tired or Chris is just too heavy, she cannot get him turned on his back fast enough that when she pins him, he kicks out it, too. One of my favorite little things when they try to turn people over is when they just, like, try to use their head. Yeah. <laughs> Like, she's just, like, crawling into him and, like, like head... Come on. Like, like uh, nudging him with her head, like, flip, come on, damn you, get over. <laughs> and they're just like, bro, I'm dead. <laughs> bro, I'm dead. <laughs> so, Sorry. <laughs> so when he kicks out, at this point, she is desperate, and she instantly puts him in a rear naked choke to put him to fuck to sleep. It's literally like the Sam, uh, what is it, uh, the Sam Jackson one of go the fuck to sleep. Yeah. And, uh, Chris... He, she gets close a couple times. There's even a point where, like, she actually takes her foot and just pushes him away from the ropes when he's just about to get towards the rope break. Mm-hmm. However, that, unfortunately, is how he actually gets out of it because he uses her moment- their momentum together to turn into a pin that she has to break. So they get back to their feet. Chris is now back in the game. Stuns her with a roundhouse kick to the head, and he tries to pin her with a mousetrap roll-up. Uh, and though she is able to kick out of this, Chris sadistically uses his legs to lock her in a Rings of Saturn. 
and then uses his arms to lock her in a uh, no his leg yeah and then his arms to lock her in a grounded stretch muffler at the same time. So if you've ever heard of a wrestler tying someone up like a pretzel, this is quite literally tying someone up like a pretzel here. And it looked fucking gross. Sure did. Uh, but she still gets her feet to the bottom rope because, as I said earlier in this match, they have very long legs, both of them. Yes. And she uses it to her advantage. So exhausted, the two start to go back and forth, targeting each other's shoulders, mainly with kicks. In the end, it's Chris's bad shoulder that nearly gives out. But then he catches her leg when she goes to kick him. And again, this causes them to go back and forth with the strikes. But this time, Chris actually takes her out with a jumping high knee to the face that she kicks out of. So again, he goes for the Praying Mantis Bomb. Again, she counters it with a roll-up this time. But unfortunately, it's the last thing that she's actually able to do to counter this. Because right after, he nearly knocks her out with another jumping high knee to the face. And then takes her out with the Praying Mantis Bomb for the win. Yeah. Chris Brooks ends up getting the win winning both titles. This was a good match. It was a really good match. Yeah, it was solid. It had some nice, funny notes to it to kind of break up the absolute war these two put themselves through. Yeah. It was think, a war indeed. I think I was... I think I'm going to keep with my rating here. I think I'm going to keep this match a high, Matt. I agree. I don't think it got to that mark half threshold because to me it was a little long. It I was. Know, I know usually we say uh, we want longer matches, but to me this one felt a little long and I think it could have ended uh, a couple minutes earlier and it would have been still pretty good. This was like 18 minutes long, I think. It was It was pretty... Yeah, it was, it was a good one. Um... But this match was solid. I really liked it. Uh, these two just really went at it. And you could tell that it was for two championships, right? Because oh, yeah. These two were not giving were not giving an inch at all this whole match. No. No, no, no. Uh, and it was solid. Chris, this mm-hmm. was, I think this was our date. This was our first match from Chris, from both of these competitors. Yes, uh, it was. And they both impressed me. So I'm, I, I, hopefully we get to see more of them in the future. I gotta get on that DDT Pro or that Stardom train, but God, finding links for their videos are so hard. Yeah, let's get like let's, full matches. Let's get into Japanese wrestling more. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move on to our next match of the week. I believe we are taking a look at Trish Adora versus yes. Logan Easton Larue from Beyond Wrestling. Hmm. This match was. Pretty good. I think uh, Trisha Dora started off by showing us how good she is technically. Because mm-hmm. LaRue kept trying to get out of her hold. And Adora was just like, no, no, no. I'm here to, you're here to stay, friend. God, he, he literally, he gets embarrassed by her. Yeah. So much. From her patting him on the head very condescendingly to her using his momentum, throwing him out of the ring. And he's just getting more and more upset because he's a preppy little fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like how <laughs> after she throws him out of the ring, he has to like talk with his backup. Which, by the way, yeah, the, the, was... there was like one point where it looked like Larue was about to get control, and then Ladora just throws him out of the ring, and then just lays in the ring like like she's like a teenager on the phone, like with her yeah. feet up in the air, mm-hmm. <laughs> like from like any just... any old like teen movie. He is livid. Like, how fucking dare you do that to me? I'm Logan Easton, goddamn Larue. And then he goes to talk with his buddies, one of which includes the IWTV champion at the time, Wheeler Yuta. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, and I realized, this is when I looked up that this this match, and I learned that it happened in 2021, which makes sense. Because this was when Wheeler Yuta was a heel in Beyond Wrestling, because I remember we watched that one match with him after he went on AEW as a heel, and some guy in the crowd was like, what, you grow a beard and suddenly you're a heel now? 
Yes. So I was like, ah, of course he's a heel here. Gotcha. So got the belt. I didn't realize that was the IWGP. Uh, I didn't realize that was the, uh, the IWTV World Title. Yeah, I didn't realize that was that belt. I forgot he had had that. Mm-hmm. He held it for a little while. He had a short run with it. Mm-hmm. So he gets back in the ring. Eventually, Logan does get back in the ring because he's. I mean, she's not going to win the match by standing out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, these two go for they. God, I remember this now. They go for a collar and elbow tie-up, except then out of nowhere, he just pump kicks Trish in the jaw and then clocks her with a stiff fist to the face. And everyone was like, oh! They go for the collar and elbow, but LaRue uh, learned his lesson from the first time they locked up, which is Trisha Dora is much better at this than I am, so instead I'm just gonna kick her in the face. <laughs> yeah, like, why, why wrestle the technically gifted wrestler when you can just kick them in the face and knock them out? Exactly. Why? I hate when people do that. Like, when heels are like, alright, I'm gonna try to out-wrestle this wrestler who has already proven they are way better at me than this. So then Logan Logan, Logan learned his lesson. He's like, listen, I know she's better than me at this, so I'm gonna make this a striking game. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. bam! Bam! Just absolutely, like, it was out of pocket, too. The whole crowd was like, oh! oh yeah, it was, it, it, it was brutal. Mm-hmm. Trish, of course, though, because she's tough, doesn't take it lying down. She arm drags him twice, arm drags him again into the ropes. He slips out of the ring again, but this time she gets out of the ring and picks him up and gets him back in. And as she goes to enter it, his backup kind of surrounds her in this, like, intimidating of, like, we could kick your ass right now if we wanted to. <laughs> and she's kind of looking at them like, what? What the fuck do you want? Bring it. And then and as she's distracted, in comes Logan, being the asshole he is. Suicide dive to her bat or to her knocks her down. He gets like a nice yeah high five dollars allies yeah <laughs> all Absolute his buddies shit, lord. And he gets back in the ring and waits for her to get back in because she's she's knocked down by this quite bad and barely makes uh, it in before the ten count because yeah. you know he definitely taken the ten count. Oh yeah, Larue absolutely. He would have taken any way to win he can. Yeah, but uh, you could really tell that Trish has really got put out of it by that suicide dive because he just manhandles her for a while here while she's just too tired to actually fight back against him. Mm-hmm. She does eventually turn things around, though, with strikes on the ground before wrapping her legs around Ro- Logan's arm and just dragging him from the mat to the floor in an arm bar. Just sick. And it was cinched in so well that Logan actually had to pick her up and slam her into the turnbuckle to actually force her to let go of him. Mm-hmm. At this point now, she's now on her knees in front of him, and she's stubbornly striking back at him and blocking him whenever he tries to actually uh, pull her. Like, she's like... She's not on her knees. My bad. Now she's basically sitting in front of him, in the turn, in the corner, and he keeps trying to drag her up off the ground by one arm, but she keeps blocking it and punching him. And eventually he gets so sick and tired of this that he just kicks her in the face to make her stop, pulls her up off the ground to a fireman's carry, and... <laughs> You think that he's about to hit her with the, like a death the pulling driver. her pulling her up off the ground from the fireman's carry was really cool. It was very well done. And you could it, it was funny because you heard it. You heard when he did that. You heard Adora go like, huh! like like she was surprised. Like, oh shit! <laughs> and despite all the things with her on the ground, she actually does strike her way out of this hole. However, when she runs the rope, she gets wiped out with a single leg dropkick from Logan, and then he um and then he tries to lock her into a near like naked choke. Mm-hmm. I say try, because Trish blocked it by grabbing one of his arms before he could actually get the hold locked in, and then she just kept slamming it into her shoulder over and over again before using that arm to basically judo throw him over her shoulder onto the floor. 
Mm-hmm. This is where Trish finally makes her comeback after getting manhandled a lot of this match. Yes. She absolutely wipes him out with multiple back elbows to the face. Hits him with an awesome cross um, crossbody that forces him into the corner. And then it's here where he eats a running splash, a hip attack. And then finally she grabs his legs while he's still in the corner. Pulls him up out of the corner. Slams him in the mat with a sit-out powerbomb. The, the buckle bomb is the most underrated and underused move I've ever seen. It's so sick. The buckle bomb? Yeah, that's what that was. The it, It's it's all the... Because uh, it's on the turnbuckle. You pick him up from the bottom and... Ah, uh, see, this is where the Seth Rollins is getting me into it. So I think of the buckle bomb as the thing that he did where he, you throw your point into the, into the corner. Oh, I I always saw the buckle bomb as what, she, what Adora did where he, where they're sitting on the turnbuckle and you pick him up and then yeah. you grab it's him by like, the legs and powerbomb mm-hmm. him. I do agree. It's a very underused move, but you know that's the buckle. Ball. That's what they called it. I think when Seth Rollins did it a lot in WWE, so that's just in my head now. Gotcha. Anywho, yes, Mikey is right. It is an underused and quite cool move, but it can't get her the win, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just as she's starting to rally here, some guy chants for Logan, and <laughs> she gave him like the nastiest side eye I've ever seen, and I loved it. Like a <laughs> motherfucker. I can't believe you just did that. Unfortunately for her, then, Logan actually apparently did get rallied by that one guy, because he gets up and he just gouges her eye out. Or doesn't gouge. He gouges, he gouges <laughs> her eye. heard his one fan in the crowd and was like, I can't lose now. <laughs> yeah. Gouges her eye, forces her back to the ropes. And at, his receipt for this is a boot to the face from her when she runs at him. Or when he runs at her. And when he runs at her again, she absolutely slaughters him with a boss man slam backbreaker. Yeah. And now the crowd starts to rally behind her. So she hooks both of Logan's arms behind his back, forces him to the ground, gets her at him actually in her submission finisher, the cat, the cattle mutilation. Mm-hmm. And at this point, she is like just yelling for him to tap out. And it looks like he's actually going to tap. But off camera, one of Logan's allies, I don't know his name, so I apologize for that, just yanks her foot out from underneath her and forces her to break the hold. Oh, that's what happened. Yes. I realized it after the fact. I saw the camera pan around. I saw the guy in the corner, like, looking at her and yelling at her. I was like, oh, you pulled out her leg. And the ref... I thought she just stopped. I was like, why? The ref was like... (laughs) The ref was probably positioned poorly, too, that they didn't see it. So, of course, she's like, what the fuck? (laughs) And she starts to yell at this guy. And Logan tries to take advantage of it, eats a jawbreaker for Trish. Mm-hmm. And she gets uh, gets back into the match, and he nearly knocks her out with a super kick to the face. And when she yeah, that, that was a that super kick connected. Yeah, it did. And uh, he puts her to sleeper hold again. And as she's reaching for the ropes, the other one of Logan's guys pulls back the ropes, and the ref notices. Of course, he's like, "Stop that!" No, and he's like, "What? I wasn't doing anything." And uh, unfortunately for him here, Karma's a bitch because Trish now back to her feet throws Logan off of her, and Logan goes head first out through the middle rope, and the two of them just have a meeting of the minds, as JR would say, and they just headbutt each other in the face, and he's just out for the rest of the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, while I do say that, I'm the other guy, the guy who pulled out the leg, then gets up on the apron. So Trish forms him in the face, takes him out, and she's pissed off that this guy got back up, oh, no. pissed off this guy got back up on the apron, the ref now goes over and stops him, because this guy is, like, it's poorly worded that, but the guy basically got back up on the apron, like, oh, you want to go? And Trish is like, yeah, what up, bitch? And then she turns around to go back to Logan, and from from the top rope comes Kiel Wheeler Yuta, 
takes her out with a drop kick. Fucking Slug- Utes with a giant missile drop kick out of just like he got up on the roofs while the ref was arguing with the other guy. He hits Adora with a giant missile drop kick. He just slides back out of the ring, waits for Logan to get up. Logan sees she's fucking wiped at this point, and he's like, ah, opportunities, I love them. <laughs> And he just slides over and actually pins her off this drop kick. I was surprised by this, honestly. It was a Wheeler Yuta missile drop kick. Yeah. I was like, Wheeler Yuta, submission guy, gets her with a drop kick, which gets. I was like, okay. Shit. Yeah, and then the whole crowd was chanting, fuck you, Yuta, which was really yeah. funny. Which is funny. No one wanted, uh,. Wanted Logan to win this, but they shouldn't have said "fuck you, Utah." They just—they should have just said "fuck Utah," right? Like "fuck," like "fuck," like it, it, oh, the U is already a... there, right? So oh, it's like like see, "fuck Utah." Now, if I, fuck, oh my, I, we, but I guess it doesn't if, chant as well as "fuck you, Utah." Fuck Utah, still works. Kind of YouTube. Fuck Utah. No, nah, actually, mm. yeah. See, it does. It, the rhythm's not there. You know what? If he ever becomes a heel and we go to an AEW show, I'm just gonna have a sign that says you could that. do like "fuck Utah." Fuck you, That or you can have it as a sign. Just have like a fuck you, Yeah, Y O U T A. I need to have that if we go to. Anywho. <laughs> Besides all that, I thought another great. This is another great match. I had a really good time with this match. I agree. Uh, Trisha Dora puts out always. This is the second Logan Easton, L- L- Logan Easton LaRue match I've seen. Another great match. Did not this disappoint is all, me again. This is, uh, I think, the third I've. Third, I've seen on this show, or second, I've seen on this show. Third, I've seen altogether because I did see one of Logan Easton Larue's matches on The Masked Wrestler. Oh, I watched the first episode. Shit. I watched the first episode of season one, and the first wrestler who they revealed because he lost was uh, Logan Easton Larue. Oh, okay, okay. Did I watch after that? No. no. <laughs> was it still a good match? Yes. Yes. Uh, anyway, that was that match. Why don't we move on to our... Well... Sorry, go Rating. Ahead. Rating, right. High math from me. High math as well from me. Great. Uh, I'm glad, glad we're on the same page there. Oh, man, that, that, that surprise can't come any faster, can it? No. Uh, why don't we get on to our last match of the day? Uh, which yes. is M.V. Young taking on J.D. Drake from... Uh, enjoy wrestling for the Enjoy Wrestling Championship. Ah, this match. I picked this match because I wanted to see a J.D. Drake match where I thought he would win or had a shot at winning. Then I heard it was for the championship, and I was like, ah, mm, so he's less, losing this match, isn't he? Less so. But what I did enjoy this match, and this actually helped because of a match you and I have watched, this match actually had a story going into it. If you had watched... Their match at Big Gay Brunch at the Collective a year ago, the Big Gay Brunch. Which we did. Go at. We did watch that. You were supposed to be at this fucking Collective, I'm pretty sure. Yes, we were. No. We saw that. Wait, no. Was it this one? No, we were supposed to be the one two years ago, the one in 2020. Yeah. But yes, this is our first Collective I think we covered outside of the one, uh, the Indianapolis one. This is our first one we watched online. Yes. And in that match, all you need to know is that JD Drake whooped MV Young's ass. Though MV Young did a Fucking damn good job of fighting back. So MV Young basically called out JD Drake to show him that he's tough enough now to take him on and win. And JD Drake just didn't give a shit about the belt that was on the line here because yeah, this was for the Enjoy Wrestling Championship. He was just annoyed that MV Young called him out and he was gonna fucking teach him a lesson. Drake just wanted to, to beat hurt, the shit out to, of him to hurt him. And boy, how do these two do that? 
Mm-hmm. Brutal form. Yeah, this was a this was a slugfest. We got forearms and a hockey fight right out the fucking gate. My favorite. Till MV Young gets the upper hand, chops JD into the corner, tosses into the opposite corner. JD hops off a bit in an attempt to hop over Young. Young stops like short, catches him, nails him with a German suplex. Mm-hmm. JD quickly gets back to his feet. They start a very physical chop slash open hand slap off. I'm Drake. telling you, man, they were they were high high impact this match. Yeah, and Drake sure, slowly but surely won this one until MV Young hit him with an overhead belly to belly suplex, which Yo. caused him to roll to the outside. But there's no safety here for him because MV Young punts kicks him in the chest. So they just go back and forth on the outside, just battering each other. Just the, every strike in this match pretty much is just meaty as fuck. Yeah. And they also use everything as well on the outside to their advantage. The most wince-inducing spot has to be when J.D. Drake full scented and chopped, tried to chop MV Young and instead chopped the square ring post right on the corner. Oh, I hate when they do that, man. Oh, God, that must hurt so I hate when they do badly. That. Like, he swung for the fences, too. I was like, no. We always talk, we, I feel like we talk about spots like that a lot where people, like, go to chop somebody, but then they dodge and they hit the ring post. And it's like, oh, haha, they hurt their head because they hit the ring post. And it's like... Yeah, no, they just smacked the hell out of a big metal bar, eh? <laughs> like, yeah, eh? Uh, that hand's they probably just went wham the right on a big metal metal bar. Like, ow. Mm. Ugh. But eventually, these two do end up fighting back to the. But speaking of bar, these two actually fight back to the bar <laughs> area that was on the outside here. Perfect transitions. And JD ends up backdropping MV. I'm like Paul Blart with all these segues. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Fantastic. So JD ends up backdrocking MV Young onto the bar top, uh, and then he ends up. I think it. What did he get? I don't know what I wrote here. I wrote botting him, hitting him probably, and then hitting him in the head twice for heading back to the ring to mock Envy in the crowd, who were just full anti JD Drake for this match. And and JD Drake is anti fans. <laughs> yeah, he he goes off on a rant of how after he's gonna beat Envy Young, he's, like he did this in the beginning of the match, like before the match yeah. even started. He grabbed oh, the mic yeah, and he's like, promo. he he was yelling about how he was gonna beat the hell out of Envy Young, and then he was gonna go around and beat the hell out of every single every single one one of them in the audience. To which Veda Scott out commentary had to be like, he won't actually do that. We promise. <laughs> <laughs> so. Eventually, Envion gets back into the ring once he gets his bearings from that whole ordeal. But JD's waiting for him, and he gives him a <laughs> he gives him a hand getting back into the ring as as like mid slipping through the ropes. He neck breakers him into the ring, and from here JD just smothers Envy Young with just these absolutely punishing strikes and slams around the ring. Well, Envy, I. Honestly, if you didn't watch the MV Young match, you'd think MV was no selling. But MV Young, to the end, is so so disrespectful to his opponents. Yeah, he's I like, mean, especially I feel like with MV Young, especially with JD Drake and the whole story behind it, right? Yeah, exactly. So he's even more motivation because MV Young's attitude is usually just like, "Come at me, bitch." Yeah. Even when he's getting his ass kicked, and it's only towards eventually, like later in the match, where you start to see it actually start hurting. He's like, "Okay, a bit too tired to start talking shit." <laughs> um, but yeah. He's fighting back, and it's the beatdown phase is just it's it's a beating pretty much. My favorite part was probably when JD hit two back to back sentons and then hit a running shooting star press, which I never thought I'd ever see JD Drake ever fucking do. But I mean, man's got a perfect moonsault, so I mean, what can I expect? Mm-hmm. But after you these, never expect a big man like that to move the way he does. It's a nice uh, what's the word? It's a nice uh, ace in the hole that he can pull out. Where you're just like, well, didn't know he could do that. Yeah, you know now. 
Uh, eventually, he gets Envy Young in the corner. He starts beating him from corner to corner. And Envy finally starts to make his comeback here. Uh, when JD charges at him in the corner, he uses the corner to hop over him. He turns around, and he gets shotgun kick, drop kick in the chest back into the corner. And then Young immediately hurls it into himself into him with a cannonball. Attack. Love cannonball. They're great. After that cannonball attack, he picks him up, forms him in the face, running forms him in the face again, and JD tries to counter an Irish whip from him by hopping onto the apron, but Envy just blasts him off the apron with a running forearm. So now they're both on the outside. And just you think, oh, nice, Envy's got his, his go, he's got his momentum, he's gonna start beating him up. JD just catches him mid-run, throws him onto the apron slide and, like, and the ropes on the apron, and as he's bounced back off of this, he rocks him in the face of the forearm. This was so... What a sick move. Mm-hmm. And then he grabs Envy and just throws him face first into a support beam that's in the middle of, like, this room they're in, and then into the ring post. And then I like how as he's, like, on the outside and starting to get into the ring, he's standing on Envy's head, pretty much. Yeah. And holding onto the ropes. And the ref sees this twice. And he's like, stop. And he's like, what? I'm, I'm just trying to get back in the ring. <laughs> And, of course, when Envy gets back into the ring, uh, he's busted the fuck open. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. That, that. Oh, yeah, the forearm, forearm, a forearm, then a, running your face into a form, a support beam, and then a ring post probably wasn't the best way to go about that. No. Uh, and, man, back in the ring, like, JD is fucking ruthless beating a man when he's down. He instantly beats the shit out of his busted open head. Batters him with several strikes that nearly knocked the wind out of him. Mm-hmm. And just as he goes to the turn, get on the turnbuckle to get on the crowd, though, Envy gets behind him and just sends him crashing the mat with a backdrop suplex. Off the top rope. Mm-hmm. And as JD gets up to one knee, Envy hits him with a running knee to the face. But it doesn't get him the win, so he gets payback from before by hitting several painful-sounding chops to the chest. Yeah. And eventually, when Envy goes to run the ropes, JD jucks a strike from him and then spinning backhands him in the face. Before following that up with a uh, a shining wizard and then a Vader bomb, but on both these pins, a shining a shining wizard from a guy like JD Drake must be terrifying. It must be it's fucking huge, massive pain. Mm-hmm. But neither get him the win though, despite how painful these were. So he goes to the top rope and tries to hit MV with that picture perfect moon I'd mentioned before, but he completely whiffed because MV rolled out of the way. And when he gets to, the f- to his feet, before he can even grasp the situation at hand. Envy hits him with a Shining Wizard, followed by another running knee to the face, but it can't put JD Drake down because JD is a tough son of a bitch. So Envy gets up, running knees him into the side of the face as he's leaning on the ropes for basically a V trigger. Honestly, a, a V trigger. Yeah. And then he hoists him up onto his shoulders, but something kind of goes wrong here because yeah. JD, instead of staying on his shoulders, kind of falls to the ground. So Envy gets taken with him and. Not letting that kind of deter him, Envy just quickly hits Jake with a suplex and then bridges and pins him. It was like a suplex neckbreaker, kind of. Yeah. Because when he, he, like, pulled, he picked him up for his suplex yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he, like, spun him on the way down. Mm-hmm. It was, honestly, this is a great hard-hitting match that lived up pretty much the way exactly what I wanted to, despite the weird finish. The awkward finish. did not go as planned, despite how the rest of this match pretty much did by the looks of it. Yeah, I think but this match altogether was really, really good. But that, like you said, that ending was kind of awkward. It was, uh... Regardless, though, I still give the match a high, man. Agreed. I enjoyed myself. Didn't hit the mark on territory, but I did like the story they played where MV Young winning this match kind of proved that after becoming the Enjoy Wrestling champion, 
has really stepped up his game and is no longer the uh, quote-unquote little boy that JD Drake fought a year ago back at the Collective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. He, yeah, MV Young is a different MV Young, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, solid week we had. Yeah, like, this was a, definitely a solid week. A week full of solid matchups with uh, some great wrestlers and just a lot of really good, really skilled uh, wrestling. And I was really a fan yeah. of it. Why, why don't we leave everybody with a little preview for what we got coming up next week? Mm-hmm. I, I picked the majority of the matches this week, so I... Or, for next week, right? Yeah. Yes, you did. So I, I picked the majority of the matches, so I will kick us off. I brought to the table from uh, from MCW, which I believe is Maryland Championship Wrestling, not Melbourne City Wrestling. <laughs> uh, we got Megan Bain taking on Ray Lynn. Oh. And from New South Pro Wrestling, we got none other than Jordan Oliver taking on Hunter Drake. Young, dumb. Young, dumb. Young, dumb, and, and broke. <laughs> uh, and then for yeah. the uh, my match, I picked a doozy of a, I believe it is a fatal four way. Oh, that that's four way. Those gonna be called a scramble. Maybe. So scramble though because WWE trademark four way. I'm pretty sure. Uh, we've got Jesse Brooks versus Darius Carter versus O'Shea Edwards versus Yaya from Battle Club Pro. Nice. Yeah, I'm I saw excited this match for that one. And I was like, what in the hell? So, what is this mess? <laughs> I bet. Sure. I like Darius Carter. I like O'Shea Edwards. I've never heard of the other two. Fuck Love yeah. it. Uh, all right. Well, that, that does it for this week's episode of Independent Waters. Thank you all for sticking around. Uh, of course, we got the plugs coming up now. Uh, so go follow. you should go follow Indie Waters on Twitter, uh, at Indie Waters. You should also go follow the Countout Network on Twitter, uh, at Countout Pod. Where you could, uh, on both of those, you can keep up with our thoughts on the world of wrestling and the world in general. Um, and if you want, you can suggest us matches. If you tweet at us at Indie Waters, send us matches you want us to watch. We'd love to check out some fan suggested matches. Because uh, sometimes it gets hard to pick matches by ourselves. And we'd love, for, uh, we'd love to see what kind of wrestling you guys are into as well. So send us match recommendations over on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you could also subscribe to the Canada Podcast on YouTube, mm-hmm. where we post video versions of all the podcasts that we have here on the network. And, of course, you can go subscribe to the Countout Network as well for any other uh, fun wrestling podcast you may have in mind. We have How to Talk to Your Friend About Wrestling. Uh, How to Talk to Your Friend About Wrestling. We have Your Dose of Death. We have Ring Post Radio. We have Okada Shorts. So much fun stuff here on the network. So go check out all of the other shows here on the Countout Network and subscribe to them as well wherever you get your podcasts. You can also rate us five stars on Spotify or Apple or Apple Podcasts. Uh, we would really appreciate that. It helps a growing podcast like ourselves find a bigger audience and have and, and give you more people to talk to about the show. Um, you could also, uh, we are also going to be uh, starting the Countout Drive coming up soon. So uh, we will be taking we, more information will come as the weeks go on, but that is coming. It is our big charity. It is our big event every year where we ask for donations. Uh, to get the network rolling, and we'd really appreciate it if you could take part. This year, we are doing something a little different with it, so stick around for more details. You can also join the Countout Discord. Hit us up on Twitter, or you can find the link on the Countout, on the Countout Twitter. Uh, if you ask for an invite, we will accept you, and you can join the fun, the great community of all the wrestling fans that we have uh, in the Discord. And I believe that's everything? I believe so. 
All right. Well, with, that, with everything out of the way, there just leaves one thing left to say, and that is to remember there is a gigantic sea of independent wrestling out there. So never stop exploring. This has been a Countout Podcast.